The text for our sermon this morning is from the gospel reading, John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please be seated. The word became flesh and dwelt with us. The two become one and dwell together. In John 1, John intentionally in this section uses marital marital language from Genesis to show that on Christmas morning, God in the flesh of Christ joins himself to the human race. That a marriage takes place. When a man and woman become married, their whole world is changed. The husband leaves the care of his father and mother. The wife, she leaves the home of her parents. The two become one flesh and they dwell together. But of course, not long after the celebration, then the real questions come. Where are we spending Christmas this year? And even if you're not married, you know the struggle growing up. Going to mom's family, going to dad's, not to mention aunts and uncles, and having to dress up every time. Hearing the same stories. Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, birthdays, confirmation, traveling here, going there. Bringing two houses, bringing two families together, it's a lot of work. What is yours is mine, what is mine is yours, and that includes the in-laws. Now, of course, I recognize that maybe the holidays is not such a joyful time when it comes to family. Maybe you lament that mom and dad aren't with us this year. Maybe Mom or dad, a husband or a wife didn't stick around, but was wicked and left. Maybe a son or daughter has left the faith, cut themselves off from family. It seems that the holidays is a time when these wounds become extra tender. Sometimes family life is not a great memory. A wife who endures an abusive marriage, a husband who works tirelessly for the wife to drink the savings away, a single person who desires companionship, they celebrate alone this year again. This is why it's so important for us to hear John's language as marital language, as family language. Because John wants us to see that this is our true family. Even Jesus himself, when people came to him and said, your your mother, your brothers and sisters, they're outside waiting for you. Jesus looked around and he said, these are my brothers and sisters. Those who believe in me. The Word, God Himself, joined and became flesh 
with us and we dwell together. He comes to be with the married, the single, the widow, the widower, the divorced, all who intimately know the sins that we experience at the deepest level of humanity. This is what Christ comes to. To be betrayed, for him to be unloved, for him to know what it's like to be unwanted by the ones we've trusted the most. Here, John describes marriage, a joining of two families, that of God and man, on this most blessed morning. This sermon, of course, it speaks of marriage because the scriptures do. But this sermon is for all who've been hurt by sin. That God has done something about our hurts, our losses. He has made them just temporary. Because God comes to humanity. God came to us. Jesus, who had with the Father and the Holy Spirit perfect love. There were three in one with no division. That's what we confessed in the Athanasian Creed this morning. The Father does this. The Son does this. The Holy Spirit did this. The Athanasian Creed is it's like a description of the perfect family life. No one forgets what they're supposed to do. No one intentionally turns a cold shoulder to the one they're supposed to love. It is a match made not just in heaven, but this family unit was even before heaven was created. The Word, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, who is from all eternity begotten, not made. This is the perfect family that Jesus leaves behind. And he comes to take our flesh to be one with us and to dwell with us. Yes, Jesus leaves what we can only describe as the perfect relationship. He leaves the perfect life and he marries himself to us. He becomes one with our flesh like a marriage. He comes alongside us and he takes all of our sins, all of our foils, all of our family baggage and he becomes one with us. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we would be the righteousness of God. That Jesus would leave his father's house. This man would leave his father and the two become one flesh, God and humanity. Who would do this? When we are contemplating marriage or even when we think about friendship, we are told, marry someone who has the same interests. Marry someone who makes you happy. Yes, that's all well and good, it's wise, but consider Jesus, the Word made flesh, who married himself to us. Us who, us who are the in-laws. We who are born under the law with the burden of sin. There's that joke, right? That every family has a crazy relative and if you don't know who it is, 
it's you. Well, we're all that one family member who is never happy. We gripe about our brothers and sisters that our Father has blessed us with. We don't like our Father's word. In fact, we'd rather spend countless hours on hobbies or entertainment than listen to a story told to us by our Father of his love for us. We gripe about our mother, the church, and how boring she is. She's getting old, you know. She doesn't quite know how to attract people these days. She should listen to us know-it-all kids. And yet, God becomes flesh. And he dwells with us. He marries us. He comes to us humbly, not forcing himself upon us. And he's not afraid to call you family. Jesus comes not to find out all that's wrong with you and then to decide if he's going to go through with it. No, he knows everything. He isn't looking to get himself a no-fault divorce. Jesus knows our sins. The question is, do we know our sin? I can say I don't know all of my sin. The Bible tells us no one knows the depth of sin in their own heart, even still. Knowing all of that, knowing that he has nothing to gain from us, Jesus doesn't turn away. Jesus takes our sin upon himself. He takes our sadness. He takes the holiday blues. He even takes our death and he calls it his own and he dies. He dies with all sadness so that, yes, we would have joy. Even at a time of sadness, there is a time for all things, we are told, a time to mourn. Jesus dies being forsaken by his Father. The perfect relationship, he gives it up, not because there's something better, but because we need something better. More, more than just better, though. He baptizes us into his holy family. He bestows upon you the name that is above all names. You get his name, and what was his is now yours, and what was yours is now his. What was your sin and death, he takes on the cross, and he destroys it. There was no questioning this decision there was no wondering if, if he would, there was no wondering if he was going to stay in heaven with the Father for eternity, or if maybe, maybe he'd come to earth. No, God was resolute. He made his vows. He made his grave, and he slept in it for you. Jesus comes to be the joy of every man woman, and child's desire. Jesus comes so that the single, the widowed, the widower, may find contentment in Christ giving himself. Jesus comes so that the married may also not find contentment in their spouse, but in Christ. You see, Jesus desires to be the joy of all people, and he will not share you with anyone else. He is a jealous God.
And he guides you by his Holy Spirit to be faithful, whether you're married or not. For you see, in heaven, we are told we aren't going to be married. We aren't to be given in marriage. Because in eternal life, we, we're not going to be married to our spouses, but there's only one flesh union that endures, and that is the one with Christ. That's what John is teaching us today. Jesus gives us his body. He holds nothing back. He sacrifices his flesh and blood for us to have a wedding celebration, even a meal. The word became flesh and still dwells among us. He speaks his promise to you. I forgive you all your sins. He renews that vow given to you at your baptism as you hear the gospel and even you yourself speaking that gospel of forgiveness to one another. You share that gospel. We hear those vows once again. Death will never separate us. The word shall leave his Father and the Holy Spirit, join himself to his bride, the church. The two become one flesh and will dwell together. And now we also, as brothers and sisters, dwell together. There's no arguing over whose house we're going to go to, for we all come to our Father's house. There's a seat for everyone for him to provide for us, for him to strengthen us in faith toward him and in fervent love toward one another. When a husband and wife become married, their whole world is changed. The word became flesh and dwelt with us and your world has changed. From death and sin to life, from bitter family feuds to brothers and sisters forgiving one another, not counting their sins against each other, Jesus becomes one in the flesh with us and calls you his own. And if you are willing to see it, every manger scene is a wedding photo that each of us carries in our hearts. Every manger scene, a wedding photo with shepherds as witness. Gifts brought by out-of-town guests. A husband and a wife a father who gives his very approval of this blessed union. Christ gives himself to us. The husband and wife is not Mary and Joseph, but Christ and humanity. The only unwelcomed guest is death. But even then, here, death is defeated, for death cannot divide this marriage. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.